0: This is the Matt Townsend
1: Show. It's it's these interruptions that are there to teach you the lessons we need to live. Your guide on the side. What creates higher trust for you and the people around you? This is the Matt Townsend Show. Dr.
2: Matt Townsend. Good morning. I'm Leanna Tan. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. So when I was headed to work this morning, I felt an unwelcome chill in the air. And it was like doom hit me. If you don't know, today is the last day of summer and I am so sad. I feel like a lot happened this summer for me and it was great. I spent lots of time with my family and I did some freelance work and mostly I spent the summer wedding planning and ended up getting married a little over a month ago. So it was a pretty iconic summer for me and I just feel like I need to pay it tribute before it ends. So as a celebration of this past summer and in honor of this last day of summer, today I'm going to play a couple of back-to-back segments of some interviews Matt did about summer. This first one is with Dr. David Myers, where he gives some tips on summer skincare.
1: The sun's just beating down on all of us, so how are we supposed to actually take care of our skin during the summer? How do we enjoy the sun, still get out there, get a little sun, and yet... uh, Make sure that we're, we're still staying staying safe when it comes to uh, the sun and some of its harmful effects. Joining us today is my good friend, Dr. David Myers. David is a dermatologist, a lecturer, attending physician for the Utah Valley Regional Medical Center Family Medicine Program. And uh, he's he's here today to teach us all things skin-related. Dr. David, welcome, my friend.
3: Thank you, Matt. Glad good. to be Glad to be back. By
1: the way, uh, for further disclosure, David is the buddy that gave me the, uh, the Apple Watch that I talk so fondly about. David, you're That's trying to save me. Love. It's because my you want me to lose love. weight, isn't it?
3: Kind of. I didn't <laughs> want to say that on the, on
1: the air. <laughs> on the air, but yeah, you just, just said, I'll just give you a watch. Maybe that'll help. Hey, <laughs> good to have you. And uh, I hear you guys are on vacation are. right now. We are. Just sitting at We're a up near, uh, cabin.
3: Yeah, we're up in a cabin up in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. So I'm practicing all this stuff that I can I can share with you.
1: So are you are you spraying are you spraying your kids uh, with all of the the different lotions and potions to make sure that they don't burn like little raisins? That's
3: that's. I mean, not to get to the nitty gritty, but yeah, sure. <laughs>
1: does it matter i mean it seems like i mean we know we know we need some type of sunscreen but what as a doctor i want the i want the lowdown because if i go down the aisle i'll see 500 different sunscreens and types and numbers and i don't i don't know what i need so teach
3: me what i really need all right so here so one one in 5 americans during their life will get a skin cancer and you know my job as a dermatologist is teach people or to prevent that. And if I can do it, you know, when their kids, you know, because we grew up in a different generation. When, you know, when we were young, we all went out, we got burned, and eventually they turned into a tan, and that was okay. But now we've got knowledge, we've got tools. Let's use them. So here's a few good facts. I tell, I tell this every day. I say, have fun in the sun, but don't get burned. And I'm not as, I guess, crazy restrictive as some people. Never get any sun because that's yeah. that's not reasonable. I want people to get out. I want them. I don't want them to sit inside and watch Friends episodes. I want them to get out, have fun, be with their kids, and whatever. So,
1: but don't get burned is your advice. I
3: mean, but don't get burned.
1: Don't you get you burned. grew up running a river. You grew up being on the river every day, and now you're a dermatologist. <laughs> so you're saying get some sun, but don't get burned.
3: I've seen it, and in fact, you'll find this funny, but I went rafting down uh, a section of the Colorado River, and I had all this, I had a long sleeve sun shirt, and I wore pants that day, just these nice, drying pants, and I even had, I even, I'm a little crazy when I go down the river because you're just in this hot, beating sun for days, so I wear the thing that covers your face, sunglasses, and hands, and gloves. And one of the guys next to me said, "So do you have an allergy to the sun?" <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, you no. know, I'm a dermatologist. And they're like, "Oh, okay, okay, <laughs> okay." So say crazy. no more. You're crazy. <laughs> and but I thought, I said, "You watch everybody. Everybody's going to get burned to a crisp." And by that night, we were all camping, and everybody was all burned uh, except for me. Yeah. And so, and, and so it dep- So when I tell people, don't get burned. They need to know, hey, if, if they're of Celtic or Scandinavian or English descent and you have real fair skin, you got to be more diligent than somebody that's got more olive skin and tans a little bit better. Yeah. But here's a few things I do when, you know, our kids are getting ready to go um, out to the pool or to the beach, you know, put their swimsuits on in the car. My wife will give them a little sunscreen stick and they'll start applying it and then I'll put a little bit more right before we get in. So 15 minutes before is ideal and then right when they get in, you know, or right before if they can if you can just make sure they're, you know, well covered, then they're good. Use some protective measures. Use a hat, you know, use a they have those awesome sun shirts. Yeah. And, you know, you just can't you can't put enough on all day long especially if they're in and out of the water. So use these other things that, these great, you know, advances that we have. Um, a lot of people say, hey, do I need like SPF 70? Do I need SPF 100? In 2011, they they came up with changes. It was like this arms race to the <laughs> highest SPF, and everybody thought higher is better. Huh. Well, they did some studies and showed that those that put on SPF um, 70 had this false, You know, thought that they could put on or that that they could stay out longer. Matt, they could stay out longer on the beach than those that put on SPF ten or SPF thirty. So here's the real facts: SPF thirty blocks properly applied. SPF thirty, which means sun protection factor, blocks ninety seven percent of the U V B rays. That's that's That's, fantastic. That's pretty great. SPF fifty, SPF fifty is ninety eight percent. SPF Um, a hundred is 99%. So really when these new rules get implemented and they're almost all implemented, you'll only see SPF 30 and SPF 50 plus. Hmm. And that just means that's enough.
1: Well, yeah. And then just, and then just remember, don't get burnt and apply and apply and keep applying it regularly.
3: Exactly. Exactly. And so, uh, you apply it, you apply again. So if you're in water and stuff, you need to apply again in a couple hours. But I tell people get the sunscreen you'll like because if you can have an expensive sunscreen, but you'll never use it. So yeah, right. There's gr- there's great stuff out out there now. There's gels, there's lotions, there's sprays.
1: Do, do you, you know, so there's they're all the stuff. same to you, really. Just as long as you get a good covering.
3: As long as so, there. To me, they're all good. It's all. It's mostly about putting on. Well. So here, the, one of the new rules is broad spectrum. Broad spectrum means protecting you from the UVB and the UVA rays. Mm, okay. Now, an easy way to remember, what does UVA protect you against? That protects you against age. UVA protects – or the UVA rays age your skin. It gives you rain clean. It gives you sunspots. UVB burns the skin. So, um, and so a broad spectrum has UVA, UVB. So I tell people – Use whatever you'd like. Get a broad spectrum. It's great if it's water-resistant, especially if you're doing anything, you know, in water sports. And then um, reapply, uh, you know, frequently. Talk to us about—oh, go ahead. Go
1: ahead. I was just going to say, what is happening? What is the sun doing to us? Is it actually burning us? What's what's happening to our body when we're being sunburned?
3: So UVA and UVB are energy— are their their wavelengths of energy. And as they go in through the skin, UVA penetrates a little bit deeper because it's a longer wavelength than UVB. But it basically, uh, your body, to protect its DNA from being damaged from energy, it, um, well, one, it, it causes sunburn. And another thing, over time, it will produce melanin from melanocytes and those will be little particles of sun absorbing pigment mm. that kind of almost like an umbrella shield the dna region of the cell it's it's, it's, it's pretty amazing that our body can do that
1: it's protecting dna so the sun exactly. is going and killing dna
3: yeah our, it's changing dna changing. and then over time that can mutate and then you can get those bad skin cancers down the line. Oh, so that's down where it comes.
1: It, it creates a mutation in, in your DNA.
3: Correct. Holy correct. cow. And yeah, it's, a, it's a carcinogen.
1: But if you smell – like, I mean, you should get out of the sun. Just correct me if I'm wrong. You should get out of the sun if you smell flesh burning. <laughs> Are you with me on that, David? I'm with you. <laughs> but it's it, – it's, I mean, but back in the day, we used to, like – Based each other up. Like, we would, you know what I mean? We'd put actually suntan oils on.
3: Oils? Some people even put iodine. I never did it, but I've, I've patient after patient said, oh, yeah. We used used to put out There and just roast. (laughs) It's so bad. So bad, Matt.
1: Like a turkey. And and yet, here here we sit. Yeah, we we should know better, you would think. But you're basically (laughs) saying if we just get a 30 to 50 SPF. Um, and apply it, you know, liberally. Get it on there, and and then reapply it regularly, with the goal of no sunburn. We we're pretty safe.
3: That's that's a fantastic summary.
1: Yes. See, I should have been a dermatologist.
3: <laughs> no. it's, it's at least at that part, it's that easy. But and, 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 and use and use other sun some protection measures.
1: Yeah, like hats, and you don't need to look like you're wearing a burqa. And all of these other clothes. I mean, you wear a shirt. You wear a hat. But especially if you've got really sensitive or, or fair skin, take even more precautions.
3: Yeah. Noons Avoid the noonday sun. Uh, you know when it's just when it's just out there strong. Um, you know, avoid tanning beds. Of course, um, use extra caution when you're near water, snow, or sand because those reflect it. Oh yeah. Um, and. Yeah, and then the one last thing is, I tell everybody check your birthday suit on your birthday, and you know if you have any weird, you know, funky moles or something that that doesn't look right, then come in and or, you know seek a doctor to just check that yeah, out. Yeah, a little birthday
1: a, suit, a good... uh, you know, review. Yeah, that's cool. Um, we're again we're speaking with Doctor David Myers. He's a dermatologist uh, and attending physician for the Utah Valley Regional Medical Center Family Medicine Program. He also has his own website. Uh, You got to go check out uvderm.com, uvderm.com, where you can find out about uh, his services and what he's doing. A lot of times we're marketed a bunch of stuff we may not need. We're going to ask the good doctor what actually matters for good skin care.
2: get skin cancer in their lives? That's crazy. I hope you all heard his tips. Invest in sunscreen that you like. It needs to be at least SPF 30, broad spectrum, and you'll need to reapply it every couple of hours. I learned the hard way a couple summers ago when I went to California with my friend and we spent nearly every day, all day for a week outside, laying in the sun, playing, swimming, reading out on the sand, and I was burnt to a crisp. But I'm proud of myself because this summer I think I did a lot better and I'm pretty sure I only got burnt like one or two times. But I was making a concerted effort to stay away from the sun this summer because I didn't want any awkward tan lines or tomato red skin on my wedding day. Anyway, we are going to continue with this interview with Dr. Meyer and he is going to detail what is actually happening when those rays hit our skin and what the average person needs to do on a daily basis to keep their skin healthy.
1: It's funny. Uh, in our last uh, bit together, you were talking about don't go out in the noonday sun. That's when that's when they're the strongest or whatever. But I used to <laughs> remember that you know my the women in my life wouldn't go out until it was like eleven. We needed the right sun, <laughs> right? And then they'd go from the, worst, the the high peak of the sun time eleven to two or three or whatever, and then that's where you'd smell flesh burning.
3: Flip over every thirty minutes. That's right. Just get 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 crispy.
1: Apply Woo! some butter. Yeah, I, awkward.
3: And I'm seeing all those patients now and doing and taking care of skin cancers and aging. So not so, good.
1: So we really just need to make sure we get a an, either an SPF 30 or 50 plus, which uh, blocks 97 to 98 percent of the UV A rays, which are attributed to aging. The UV B is attributed to burning. I guess uh, does every uh, does every lotion that we apply, every sunscreen we apply basically hit the broad spectrum of both UVA and UVB?
3: They're getting much better. Okay. Um, with these rule changes, they've, they've they've tried to make it so much more transparent. You can't use the word sunblock. You have to use sunscreen. You can't use waterproof or sweatproof. You can use water-resistant, hmm. either 40 minutes or 80 minutes.
1: They've got all these rules. I mean, that's smart. We're finally kind of tightening down on
3: this. Exactly. So, broad spectrum is probably the best summary I can give people, and most of them really are broad spectrum. Okay. In the thirties, great. Now, Matt, if I'm like just doing a little, getting a little sun, walking to and you know to and from work, or you know I'm not in the sun that long, I'll, I'll use a fifteen or twenty that's in this thin lotion. I went on Amazon, put men's lotion, and I just found the best one, and I like it. Doesn't you know sting my eyes? And so it's not that you always have to be thirty. But for overall, you know, recommendations, that's a great recommendation. But there's sometimes – and I use it. When I'm not getting much done, I'll use the, you know, the SPS-15, and that's fine.
1: But you know what's funny about you, David, that as a dermatologist that many don't get is you can – it's f- just even like sitting down with you, talking to you, you're look, you're checking my face out. <laughs> In your head, you're like, okay, yeah, there's there's a whatever and a whatever. Oh, and we've got to fix this. and, But – So you must die when you see people, like, at a pool that are actually trying to get
3: sunburned. Does that just bug you? Yeah, I've got a problem. And, yeah, if I I see stuff so much, I'm like, you know, when someone comes in just burned as can be or just black, you know, Mm. tan. Oh, yeah. I'm just like, I, I, so since I see the bad stuff from these, and the stuff that comes down the line, that's why I kind of grit my teeth and I'm like, oh, geez, we yeah. can do better than this. Yeah. So I think public education is better. There's sunscreen laws that are coming into place. 42 states have these sun, uh, sun tanning law, you know, a uh, tanning bed, excuse me, a tanning bed law, you know, restricting use, access to a known carcinogen. And so we're getting better. Hmm. We're certainly getting better.
1: Is there any real reason we need to go to a tanning bed? I mean,
3: besides, there's a few medical conditions that really, it can help out psoriasis, for example, and a few other, you know, more specific things. But, you know, my wife, before we, you know, we go on a big trip and we're going on a cruise, which is pretty rare, but she's like, can I go tanning? I'm like,
2: <laughs> you know Doctor? if
3: someone goes once or twice before one of these trips and that 's about all they do i i mean that's that's better than most, yeah, but mo- a lot of people they did this big study and they found that almost fifty percent of campuses off campus housing had a tanning bed within this you know apartment complex oh, wow. that was included in the rent so it's just it's too prominent, and when I see melanomas in you know, which is a horrible skin cancer. A person dies of melanoma every hour mm. in the United States. You know, and I, I had to take one off of the the general region of a of a 21 year old woman, and I'm like, we we got to do better with this. Yeah. So, uh, I think the restrictions are a good thing.
1: What What do you think about these people? I I just read an article about people that are actually putting art on their body, they use sunscreen or they use some type of like pattern and they put it over their skin and then they let, they get burnt and then that creates supposed artwork on their, on their body. What's your take on that? Other than they're crazy.
3: Yeah. Well, I saw that. I saw those pictures and (laughs) you're right. Either the art is from the sunburn because they put the really strong sunscreen on the other ones and then just went and fried themselves in there tanning bed yeah. or th- vice versa. Uh, you know, they, but both, both are bad, you know, both sunburn, sun tan, it's DNA damage to the skin cells, which eventually leads to skin cancer. So I, I wouldn't recommend that type of art, but yeah. I've seen that.
1: Isn't it pretty- interesting? I mean, t- there's tattooing. That's one thing. That's permanent, but this is just as permanent in a way. Cause it's, it's a carcin. it's cancer causing.
3: Yeah, in the long term, absolutely.
1: Talk to us about um, other things. So, I walk down the aisle at some mar- supermarket and I see every type of lotion and potion and what I need. What does just the average healthy person need to do for their skin, kind of day in and day out? How what kind of, how often? I always hear we're shampooing too much, we're using too many chemicals on our bodies. What does our body really need, and what doesn't it need?
3: Yeah. I mean that's that's a great question. Every since everybody's different, you know, your needs is different from mine, right. it's different from some of my patients or my kids or where we live. So, um, you know, so if if you live in a if you live in a humid climate versus dry climate, if your skin, if you have if you're more eczema crump prone, if you're older, our skin dries out more. Hmm. Um, and thus uh, if you are in a humid place or it 's winter when it 's real dry and the heaters kick on yeah. the dry air dries out your skin, so I guess good summaries are after after a shower you know or bath, you know trapped in the moisture. I tell people before the mist leaves the mirror, just get some lotion and and put that on and really, any of the main brands are 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 usually fine if you 're more dry. Get the thicker stuff, get the extra moisturizing or ultra-moisturizing. If you're not too bad, then you don't need as much. Um, There is facial lotion for for the face that doesn't have as many oils and Mm -hmm. probably won't cause acne. Um, But, you know, shampooing, of course, if you have more dandruff. You know, I love dandruff shampoos. Um, Most people, we don't leave them on long enough. You know, we put it on and we're washing it off within 10 seconds or 15 yeah. seconds. And so I tell people, you know, if you've got dandruff, try different dandruff shampoos, leave it on, leave the suds on for two minutes is great. Five minutes is fantastic. And and I think it would help more.
1: But. Yeah. It's interesting because they are, these are medicated in a way and we don't even know how to use them right.
3: No, we we throw those on. I mean think about how quick we are shampooing our hair. Yeah. I think females are better than males, but most most people come in and say Dan shampoos just barely work. They just and don't work. By by switching that little thing and just leaving on the you know, that that selenium sulfide or whatever the product is, uh, zinc pyrothone within the the Medicaid shampoo that can, you know, that can usually make a difference. That's cool.
1: What uh, what else do we need to worry about when you think of it as as an expert uh is, is there something that we miss you know when it comes to our skin care that's just a no-brainer
3: Well the big things that i hear are vitamin D you know you go to the sun you get the you need the sun for vitamin D vitamin D um which you need to help process and absorb calcium and phosphorus and for healthy bones and stuff like that is, is very good, but we get enough vitamin D in, I think it's four minutes of noonday sun. So mm. one thing is don't think you need tons of sun to get vitamin D. Um, another thing that I I think that we miss is, um, you know, basically the these monitoring of, of your own skin, at least knowing your skin so that if you do see something, you can you know, at least point it out or see if it's changing or whatnot. Um,
1: And and a great, a great bit of advice you gave us last uh, segment was birthday, birthdays, check your birthday suit, check, check go, go in, figure it out.
3: That's a way, that's a way to remember. And then the last thing that I'll kind of dispel on this topic is sunscreen safety. I've had more and more people say that, you know, They'll take out some individual ingredients out of this one sunscreen, and that, when fed in huge numbers to, or huge concentrations to mice or something, can, can be a carcinogen. That can be almost anything. Mm-hmm. They've never shown that any sunscreen product of the main of the main sunscreens absolutely causes cancer. So, and they show over and over and over that people that don't use it you know, look at the epidemic of skin cancer in Australia mm. and the changes that they've made, um, that sunscreens are safe. So really, sunscreens are safe. Um, use major brands, broad spectrum, 30 SPF. Use them. Don't get burned. I think that's, that's, that's great, great advice, advice and, and you'll have a leg up on most people if you do those.
1: That's right. And then maybe just – I'd just suggest go see a dermatologist – once in a while just to get clear, get 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 noticed. Make sure that you're – because you could have a mole on your back or on your neck that you're not even looking at. So let the pros
3: in. Yeah. You bet. Any concerns, happy to help. You're awesome.
1: Well, David Myers, we appreciate you, my friend. Keep up the great work. Make sure you use sunscreen on, screen on Carolyn and all the kids. Make sure <laughs> Thanks, everyone's Matt. safe over there. Thank you, David. Uh, great uh, great advice, and again, we want to have a fun summer it doesn't mean you can't you just got to go sit in your cabin, get out there, but be careful, protect yourself sunburn let 's try to avoid it, my friends.
2: Defects, I'm still gonna miss them. So, by now, you're probably thinking back to all those memories you had this past summer the barbecues and the swimming trips and the vacations. So, we've got one more segment on summer before we have to snap back to reality. This next interview with Heather Johnson is all about how to make your summer matter. Maybe you feel like this summer came and went or flew by because you were just so busy. I know I do. I mean, even though it was a monumental summer for me, I still feel like it went by really quickly. But it's okay. Even if you feel like you completely wasted your summer or you never even felt like you got a break, there's always next summer. So as you listen to this and reflect on these past few months, check to see if you did any of these things and listen to how Heather Johnson suggests we create optimal experiences for ourselves and our kids and get the most out of our summers.
1: In studio with us is Heather Johnson from FamilyVolley.com. Go check out that website, FamilyVolley.com. Heather uh, is a professor here at BYU and teaches Um, Really, families how to how to play together and how that helps them stay together. She has a self-published book, Family Fun Fridays, soon to be releasing Family Fun uh, Saturdays through Thursdays. a ton of stuff.
0: It's true. It's on its way. We've been promising that for so uh, long. You've
1: got to start writing. I really am slacking. I don't know what you're doing every day. Um,
0: three years. It's just I'm behind. <laughs> you're
1: just trying to raise a family, keep a marriage working <laughs> and work. Uh, so, Heather, you. so the kids come home from school now. There, There's no more school. And now nothing but time.
0: T- lots of time
1: it's kind of exhausting
0: it is and it's a little bit scary right moms totally. all over and i shouldn't say moms parents all over the place are freaking out a little because yeah we want our kids home because we love them but as soon as they get there we're like really like what what do we do now three yeah. months of what What? how, we, how are
1: we going to make this <laughs> healthy and a lot of times you don't know what to do with your kids so you think well we'll take two trips right? maybe and, and then run through the sprinklers right.
0: And that's eight days of three months. Yeah. And then you're like, shoot, and then we can do it. But
1: you always start with the really good intentions like all these goals and everyone's gonna read a book.
0: Yep. And we're gonna like chart it and graph it and Mm -hmm. we'll have incentives and we'll catch up on chores and we'll organize closets and all yeah. those types of things.
1: And by about 10 days in, you just really don't like each other.
0: It's true. And technology really makes a huge presence yeah. in your you're like, "You know what? Just go get the iPad because I'm not sure what to do with you right now."
1: <laughs> so, how do we make this not happen?
0: Well, and it gets really tricky, right? Because and I I kind of had this realization just this summer. I mean, I've had plenty of summers. Our oldest son is almost 15. Yeah. And so we've had some summers before. I know what this feels like. But I was, interestingly enough, sitting next to him on the couch and a travel and tourism commercial came on television for another state, a neighboring state here in Utah. And it came on and it made the point that we only have 18 summers with our kids. Mm. Now, I can do math. It's not my – you know. Forte, but I can do it just fine, right? Maybe, maybe only two because of where his birthday falls and college, and you know some service opportunities he might take right out of high school. And so all of a sudden it hit me, oh my gosh! First of all, I'm down to this oldest kid who's maybe got two more summers with us. And so as we start to think about this, we're going to get rid of some of the misnomers about what summer should look like. We're going to take some of that stress off and really look at how we're going to make summer count for our kids because it's not so much what you do with them, it's. It's really the understanding behind why you're doing it. And so the very first thing we're going to do is we're going to start making summer's Novel, And this is what I mean. There's really great research that shows when our children or or even adults are involved in activities, we need two different types. We need activities that provide stability and security. And then we need activities that provide novelty and change. Mm, Yeah. Now, the school year is fantastic for giving us a lot of stability and a lot of security. It's filled with a lot of routines, a lot of rituals that have some meaning behind it. And we're very just, you know, we're up the same time. We eat the same thing. We do the same things every single day. So summer is a perfect time to introduce novelty, something different, something new. And so we're going to put our focus on that. Summers should be about that. Let them be novel and different. Now, the first thought we have then is like, well, that sounds expensive and that sounds exhausting, Yeah. but it doesn't have to be. It's just simply doing it a different way. Have breakfast for dinner. That's Just shake it up a little bit so that your children start to understand that summer is filled with things that might not be in other places of the year yeah. because it's new and different. Change it up. And right? we have
1: time, a little extra time maybe to do things. Yeah. That's a great idea. And, and, and it could be something fun like breakfast changing or it could be – This is the time we put in the new sod in the backyard. It's it's
0: exactly right. It's exactly right. And we'll get to that. That's a challenge and their kids need those challenges. But mix it up so that this becomes a novel, a change, something different. Hmm. Right. Otherwise, the stability and security, it actually is the most important part of any relationship, whether it's a marriage or in our family. That is the foundation. And we build off of that. So the school year and all those routines help us build that really solid foundation. And now summer is a time to put all the sweet stuff on top. And again, that's... That's not meaning that it has to be expensive, that we've got to take these huge trips. It just means look in your own home, in your own backyard, in your own city or town, and look at the things that are different that can now be part of your family's life. That's cool. Switch it up a little bit. Yeah. So once we've worked on the novel, the next thing we're going to do is we're going to make sure that we stop comparing and we're going to create our own story, our own excitement. Social media, I am convinced, just continues to ruin relationships everywhere we turn yeah it's marriages it's families it's everywhere and especially with moms it's really hard for us to make our own magic with our kids when we're constantly comparing it to what everybody else's lives oh, it's look so like true. and so you know as women but also you know our, our husbands as men as they look at these summer experiences and they look at what everyone else is doing and they're taking these trips and they're spending this money and all these grand things and you know there is a mom somewhere who has every single day scheduled and you know monday's a, a water day and tuesday's yeah. a library day and wednesday's a Wow. Man, I am tired even thinking about those feeds. Yeah. That's that's not how our family works. And that's okay. Right. So we have to stop comparing and decide what is it that our kids need? Let's make our own magic, whatever that looks like. If we buy in and love our children through it, it will be their best experience. That's right. And they won't be worried about what the neighbors or the Joneses are doing either, because they'll be so excited to spend time with us doing what we're doing.
1: Well, I mean, I guess that's the point. If you have to If you have to incentivize them to just go do something fun, you're probably not doing the right thing. It's
0: exactly right. And it gets even deeper. You know, The huge problem with comparison like this is when we're so busy comparing to other people, it means we have no time and energy to actually see what our own children need and what our own family needs. If my mind and my energy and effort is always trying to compare to someone else – I don't, my brain's not big enough to then entertain. Well, what is it that our eight year old does need the next three months? How is it that I can connect at a deeper level with the 15 year old who's only going to be here for two Mm -hmm. and a half more years? I don't have the brain power for that because I'm so busy in other places.
1: I always feel like every summer for about a month, I feel like we need to buy a boat. And then
0: my husband echoes that same thing. He's like, "We we have to go get something for the water. We need a boat. Everyone,
1: Everyone's got a boat. Yeah, they they seem so happy. They, <laughs> but then you don't. What you don't see is them fighting when they get in at the end of the night and they have to wash this boat. Oh and, yeah,
0: and unload it all and pack uh-huh. it up. We're tr- holding
1: the boat off the rocks because it ran out of gas or something. Yeah.
0: Well, and the funny thing is we think that the boat is what makes them happy yeah. or what will make us happy. But it's just like you're saying. When we start comparing because we see other boats being towed down our street yeah. at 9 a.m. headed out to the lake.
1: Happy families. It's exactly
0: right. But we don't realize that boat doesn't make anybody happy. No,
1: they could be fighting the whole way right. there.
0: And I can be just as happy in the back on the trampoline. Yeah. And our kids will be too because really – Their kids are going to be happy on a boat because they're with them. They're together. They're making memories. So make your own memories. Make your own magic. Stop worrying about what everyone's doing. So you have the energy to put towards what your family needs Mm -hmm. to do and what your family needs. Why not? Yeah. So you can see that. Make
1: your own – make it your own plan.
0: Yeah. And it's funny because we go through this where it's like, but I'm planning all these things in the best interest of my kids. Well, if you are, then that's fantastic. But most of the time when we really analyze, we're actually planning all these things because we want to look a certain way. Yeah. And we want the neighbors to see us a certain way. And we want everyone to say, you're an amazing parent during the summer at this. Right. Instead of, OK, this is really what they need.
1: They're really doing it just for the tan.
0: It's, ex- <laughs> it's exactly. Right. The boat is really just for the like tan. You don't even
1: boats. You just want to be able to lay out. <laughs>
0: you just like the tan. Right. Yeah. You know why it will look better on you all <laughs> Have summer. Have you been on a boat? If-
1: <laughs> <laughs> They're not that fun.
0: Isn't the saying my dad always used to say, his dad always used to say, to say, whose dad? Is so Jennifer. It's handed down. Yeah the the best day in a boat owner's life the day you buy it and the day you sell it exactly.
1: <laughs> and then there's those that just love it and they're good at it. They are. But I mean that's a that's they really I think they're few and far between.
0: It is. Yeah, it's few and far between. And I think that's funny that you say that. That really for about thirty days you feel like oh. We, we got to go get this. Yeah. Like, this is what makes us And then when, they're all,
1: when they're all winterizing their boat yeah. <laughs> and putting it away for whatever hundreds of dollars oh, a yeah. month, I'm thinking, I'm so glad we have a boat.
0: Because in Utah, you can yeah. really only use it for about three That's right. months anyway.
1: That's crazy. <laughs> yeah.
0: OK. So the next thing we're going to do is we are going to know our children's summer love language. Cool. Right. Now, we've heard this term before about a love language in lots of different ways, looked at different ways, different philosophies. But really, each of our children has a, a perspective of what summer will look like. hmm We've got to figure out what that is so that we can meet those needs. So, for example, our son is very, very busy between high school and water polo and swimming and you know church responsibilities all day, every day of the school year. Summer to him is about chilling out. He wants less on his plate. He wants to relax. He wants to make more of his – he makes his own decisions, but his own decisions where it's like if I want to sit for two hours, I kind of just want to lay out here on yeah. the grass for two hours. He needs some of that space. That is what he expects of summer. Our daughter is very different. She just graduated from sixth grade, so she's going into junior high school. Summer for her needs to be packed full. Mm. Not necessarily money spent vacations, but she wants to do all the things that the school year doesn't necessarily allow because of time or energy or juggling. And so she sees summer really different. So if I don't allow our son to take a break a little bit and choose some more of that relaxation, and if I don't help her find ways to spread her wings and run her legs a lot – they both go back to school in the fall really dissatisfied with what the last three months looked like. And so if you can get down to what your children's summer love language looks like, we can attend to those needs. And this, again, is where we have to recognize what's most important to them, what looks good for them, what's their magic, and then help make it. Yeah. That way they do go back to school thinking summer was awesome because it was that change I needed back mm-hmm. to the novelty that filled me in a way that summer should. That's so they cool. can go back to that – it's monotonous. It's just right. like we're it, you know, we, we make the best of it, but it still is the same thing every day that gets old. And summer should be different.
1: Totally. And it's and it's gotta be different their way.
0: Their way, not our way, right? Because yeah. I know what summer would look right. like for me. <laughs> yeah.
1: Same as the rest of the nine months. <laughs> not,
0: right. And 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 it would be very different than what they want it to look right, like. Right. Exactly. And so it's yeah. not about us. It's really about them.
1: I know. It's so hard to get that idea. <laughs> it's not about us. Welcome back. Today we're talking with Heather Ann Johnson from familyvolley.com about making summer matter to your family, and she's teaching us you got to keep it novel. You got to figure out how your kids want to uh, want to make it interesting to them. Find out their summer love le- their summer language um, so that the the activities are fun. I mean, in our family we would say let's go for a walk, and our kids are like what? But my wife's a walker, a hiker, and. Our kids, I don't think, are. Yeah. <laughs> so we have to drag them Forced. out there. But, you know, if we had a boat.
0: Right. It's all about the boat. It's
1: all about the boat.
0: If you would just buy that boat in those first 30 yeah. days, you'd be good.
1: Or, well, or just you'd be make miserable. friends with someone that has a boat.
0: Yeah. Why haven't you gone that route yet? We have. Oh, okay. and,
1: <laughs> and it's, you know, in our church group, we can always like – they do little fundraisers and you could buy a boat trip with somebody oh, yeah, that yeah. has a boat. So sure. we always just buy a boat trip. Sure.
0: And then see so you feel good because you yeah. donated money yeah. to a good cause right. and you get the boat.
1: And you get the boat. For and one
0: Saturday, which is about all you probably want. It's all you
1: can take. <laughs> then you're all sunburned. <laughs>
0: then, then your kids are satisfied. We had a boat. Remember? Exactly Every summer right. we had a Don't boat. Don't tell
1: me we never had a boat. <laughs> I bought <laughs> a boat almost. Talk about uh, what else we can do to make summer matter.
0: So the next thing we're going to do is we are going to let things flow. Now, we can look at this a lot of ways, but flow is a concept that helps us understand why challenge is important in our lives. And so flow is really the way we describe what's called an optimal experience. Yeah. Uh, a researcher checks them a high did this has been doing this for years and has really shown that flow's really valuable in our lives we need it we need our activities to provide us you know in sports we call it being in the zone mm-hmm. this is where you forget about time you don't recognize anything around you because it's all about the challenge and overcoming and how good that feels right now Imagine if we can start introducing flow to our children during the summer and helping them have these optimal experiences. Optimal experiences then are things that create memories. They're things that create uh, a feeling of strength, ability to overcome. All things that we can take back into the routine and regularity of the school year that make us stronger. Hmm. Yeah. So summer's a really great time for flow activities. Now, the way they work is you want to provide something that gives a challenge slightly greater than a skill. And we think of this and immediately lots of people think, well, does that mean it has to be sports? My kid doesn't like it. Does that mean it has to be music? My kid doesn't want to play right. anything. But it doesn't. This could be in work. This could be in play. This could be in conversations. This can be in board. This can be in anything Solving a
1: problem. It's
0: exactly right. To just simply put a challenge slightly greater than the skill. And then the growth comes in having to develop the skills that you need to overcome the challenge. And as we grow, we then actually get bored and look for greater challenges. Mm-hmm. Now, as we look for greater challenges, we obviously lack the skill. and so so, we work to have the skill to overcome the new Keep challenge. Keep picking it up. And it just keeps going. And so, flow leads to a great deal of growth and development for our kids. So, if we can put challenges in front of them, and like you mentioned, these challenges can be laying sod. Yeah. And it could be how fast can you get it done? And everybody's racing with their own strip. Uh, Flow for our two oldest kids this year, we have some pillars in front of our house that need repainted. But before they can be repainted, they have to be scraped clean. And so it's going to be a challenge. They don't know how to do that. They've never done it before. But as they start to learn and develop the skill they need to do it the most efficient way they can, and then they get to paint it, we're not paying them. It doesn't mean we're going to, you know, magic map. We're not. You're doing it because it needs to be done, but we're also doing it as a challenge that they get to rise up to and learn skills for. So we'll start to see that a lot of these challenges we place in front of our kids, they're actually the things that get them through the rest of their lives when things are hard. We rely on flow experiences to say, man, I can't do this right now, but I've done something hard in the past and overcome that challenge. So certainly I can figure out how to overcome this new challenge. That's cool. And if that's not describing what New Year's in school, college, relationships, if that's not describing life, there's really nothing that does. That's a really good way to look at it. So provide them with challenges. They will not wake up in the summer or any other day and go, man, I hope today's hard. Mother, challenge me. I really hope, you know, the world just puts it to me today. Make it hard. It won't. And so we have to put those things in front of our kids, obviously in the right way with their abilities, but we need to do that. And
1: they'll hate it. They will. What's cool about flow and the psychology of optimal experience is... It doesn't matter if you like it.
0: It's exactly right. It works
1: whether you like it or not.
0: Whether you like it or not, you can still have that optimal experience. And a lot of this with our kids is going to come with how we handle it. You know, if we're speaking ill of challenge, they're going to think it's crappy. Right. And if we go in and watch TV with popcorn while they're out scrubbing those poles in the paint clean, they're going to think it's miserable. Yeah. But if we're with them, if we're communicating with them, if we're speaking positively of an opportunity to overcome and learn new things, they will think the same thing. Now, they're going to become adults and then have to go do those same polls and be like, geez, mom always had a good attitude about this, but this is kind of lame, but that's the reality of life and we've got to get them to that point so they can then make those own decisions.
1: That's good, good stuff. So we're going
0: to let things flow. The next thing, we often wonder why our kids start to go crazy in the summer. You know, parents are saying, especially moms, it's like, I don't know, she's such a good kid during the school year and summer she just is a mess and she's miserable to be around and she's ornery. Well, summer immediately hits and we tank all our schedules. And we can't. We've got to keep some sort of schedule in the summer. So, yes, we need to have the freedom of things changing and ebb and flow and all of that and novel and change. But we need to keep some things concrete. Bedtimes and wake-up times, if we can keep those kind of on a schedule – it helps our lives a lot. Yeah. That and meal times. If if we're keeping true to kind of those basic needs to our kids, they won't have meltdowns the same way. You know, we, yeah. we all of a sudden start hauling our five-year-old around or our two-year-old around and think, why are you crying all day? We've been at the zoo and we went to the library. And they're just like, because no one gives me right. a nap anymore, right? Yeah. And I didn't eat till 11 because we went and got fancy donut. We got to stick to those routines. If you'll do that, you'll notice that their temperament will be something that can handle the novel. Yeah. Plus, when we go back to school, everything is so much more smooth when we haven't deviated so far. You know, if bedtime is two and a half hours different every summer, <laughs> oh, once right? You'll pay for it. We're gonna pay for it. And so again, it doesn't have to be so dramatic. Rain in it a little bit. Keep schedules where it's appropriate. Obviously, Fourth of July, you're gonna be up later, but that doesn't mean that the fifth and sixth we can't have no- more normal routines.
1: Right? Exactly. And, so, and they're gonna stretch it because their friends want to stay out later. But it's true. But, I mean, you can still say, no, we're different. Or, like, my kids came home last night, I think, at 11, which was their weekend curfew normally, and then they just all want to be on their phones.
0: Right, right. Or this morning the sun comes up and you're like – is right. there a reason why at 11 we're all still in bed? That's right. <laughs> well, of course, because they still need the hours of sleep they need. And so it really just sets us back. And again, when school starts, there's no getting up at 11 a.m. And there's no going to bed right. at midnight. And so, again, it, yes, we need to have the change. But if we can bring it in so it's not so dramatic, it helps us a lot. Great it helps advice. A lot.
2: Ma'am, I love that segment. just made me remember all those summers growing up as a kid and when I – clean out my desk and then clean out my pencil box and take all my papers home from school and then I was free. I loved using my summers to go on bike rides with my friends and stay up late laughing with my sisters and read books that I never got to read during the school year. Summer should be bliss, I think. And although we're just reminiscing, I really feel like these segments are still relevant no matter what time of year it is. I mean, just because summer's ending and tomorrow's the start of a new season doesn't mean that UVA rays aren't going to age your skin or that you can't have optimal experiences and memories with your kids. So my advice is just have fun in the sun, but also have a ball this fall. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great weekend. We'll be back Monday morning with more Matt Townsend.